welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about how if you're a Sith, I'm never, ever, ever going to trust you unless I really want to. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover chapters 9 through 12 of what's this called? Fate of the Jedi, book 8, Ascension by Christy Goldman. And this week... We catch up with some of our main characters. Last couple of last couple episodes, we've been kind of catching up and setting up, and now, well, we get moving. Yeah, a little bit, anyways. That's this week. First, bum bum bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, Abeloth orders a space goose chase. Galactic Alliance approves new member states. Secret baddies plan secret corruption. And Skywalkers and Vistara start seeking ship. Too many S words together. That that's what happened last week, where we got started. <laughs> like step one, step two. Now we start running. Mm-hmm. Chapter nine, aboard the Jade Shadow, where Ben and Vistara get back to flirting finally. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of that in the last book. They didn't have like any meaningful moments together relationship wise or like friendship wise they didn't have any moments in the last book of that i can recall of bonding yeah that didn't really happen apparently they were just too busy laying cable and stuff (laughs) but like you know they worked on that they they rebuilt that mayor's van together into a rudder ship and there was no like flirty banter or a specific scene between the two of them Mm mm-hmm but here we are. They are on the cover of this book, so. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> it is to be expected. And they're two teenagers having a flirt, doing a chit-chat over some Sith history documents, and the impossibility of Vistara sharing the location of her homeworld, Kesh. Ben admits he wouldn't tell her, and the Sith, where all the Jedi live either. Because this is an, an inevitable consequence is going to come out yeah. of this one way or the other. If she tells the Jedi where the Sith live, well, they're kind of going to be morality bound to end the Sith. Yeah. As and an evil threat. I think that eventually they're going to have to, they're going to go back. Yeah. Because she's got to see what has become of well, her homeworld. Exactly. And that'll be like, a, you know, a stepping stone to moving on and letting go of her Sith past, maybe. Yeah. Or... It could break her and send her deeper into trying to recover that Sith lineage. Send her into a Sith spiral. But yeah, they don't know where Kesh is, nor do they know that Abeloth has destroyed it with her mind. Yeah. Melted it and blew up the people. (laughs) But back to the point. Ben admits, all right, fair enough. Don't tell me where the homeworld is. Vistara comes with a counterpoint of, tell you what, I'll trade you Kesh. For the Jedi Queen. If you tell me the, what's it? The identity of the Jedi Queen that we saw in the Pool of Knowledge, I'll tell you where we live. And Ben's like, okay, I see your point. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Not really a good trade, but whoa, lady. Slow down. She's very uh, indistinct about which side she's on here. Yeah. Which feels like a step back from the last book and we've talked about it before in between authors sometimes a little bit of growth gets lost 
in between uh, in between publishing of two different books. Like, yeah, yeah, I can imagine how that would be difficult to keep a. Or even just it's a necessity to start a new story. You know, take a few steps backwards so you have steps to take forward. Yeah, whatever. But whoa, lady, you can't just ask who the Jedi Queen is. Ben tries to pretend like, oh, I don't even know if that's a real thing, and blah blah blah. But it does force Ben to realize that he doesn't trust Vistara. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't tell her that. He wouldn't tell her where the Jedi live. If they didn't already know. He realizes he doesn't trust her. And he thinks to himself, he was frustrated but unsurprised. And he found that it did not stand, and never had stood, in the way of his liking and caring about her. He still believed she was edging her way over to the light side. But she wasn't there. At least, not yeah. He might not trust her, but he sure wants to, Tim. I think she's getting there. She's having a little more... She's willing to trade information for yeah, the stuff she doesn't want to get rid that of. That is an interesting point, as opposed to, like, I'll kill you with my magic glass dagger. <laughs> yeah. Don't give me information. Or just a straight-up no. She's willing to kind of... Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was a joke, it, it, in essence, anyways, to yeah. prove the point of like we can't trust each other and we can't share information, mm-hmm. a la Jag and Jaina. We can't share our secrets on the couch because yeah. we are from two very different points of responsibility. And he wants to trust her so bad, she's coming into the light, but not yet. Maybe she just needs more magic upside down pinky swear promises, <laughs> <laughs> like we did a few books ago. That worked out great. Yeah. Back on Avaloth's planet. Do they even have a name for that planet? I'm not even sure if if it had a name. Interesting. If it did, it wasn't good enough to stick. Jaina walks in the room. She says, Korriban, let's go. Vistara, you should come. Blowing both of the children's minds for various reasons. Mm -hmm. Vistara can't believe that this Jedi is inviting her to Korriban. And Ben can't believe that this Jedi is inviting her to Korriban. Still recording audio. Good, I touched my cord. But Jaina stepping in with a little bit of control here and a little bit of authority. Making decisions, saying, no, you're coming. Yeah. And do you remember going to Korriban in the Legacy of the Force, Tim? Did we? Yeah. Alemarar went there. Oh, she did. That's and right. And what happened? Yeah, she met all the Sith that were there. They were, they called themselves the One Sith. Yes. And they stayed in hiding during Jason Solo, Darth Kytus' rise and fall. Because that wasn't part of their plan. Yep. They had talked about how they tried to bring Lumaya and Verger into their plan. And Lumaya and Verger had their own plan. The Jason Solo plan. Yeah. So we're bringing a Sith... To Korriban, a Sith from a hidden society of Sith to a hidden society of Sith, right? Mm-hmm. And forgetting what was there, what is still there, very dangerous. Yeah. The and- one Sith, if we remember if I remember correctly from Legacy of the Force, um Alemarar walked into their temple and then was like surrounded by hooded cloaked figures on balconies. Yeah. Right. It was like a, like a Coliseum type of thing. Yep. And they stepped forward and challenged her and she wasn't 
worthy of them or, or something. Yeah, and she did something to make them back off or I don't remember. I don't remember exactly, but I know she didn't die, so It was almost like a like a throwaway thing that encounter with the one Sith just to let us know there's there's other things out there that we don't know about. Yeah. And now I don't know, t- 10 or 12 books later, whenever that had occurred in the last series, <laughs> we're going back to Korriban. Yeah. With cutting to Luke Skywalker, mind blown that Jaina invited a Sith <laughs> to go to Korriban. This is how the sword thinks, okay? You can't understand. Don't expect to understand the way that Jaina Solo thinks about things. She makes some good arguments for it, though. Yeah. Like, essentially, they all boil down to Vistara is a very unique asset. Mm-hmm. We need to use her. She's more attuned to the dark than we are. She might be able to differentiate between certain things. She might know things about their past that she's not telling us or whatever. She Secrets. Yeah. She's going to have some kind of secret power or information that's going to pay off. I know it, right? And we switched combo over to Ben wants to stave Vistara, but it's impossible. Did I say stave? You did. Mostly. I don't think I quite ticked the Yeah, yeah, you didn't. uh... Stave. But anyways, he really wants to save her, but he knows it's impossible. Is that impossible? Well, sorry, I meant to say Luke knows that Ben wants to save her and Luke thinks it's impossible. I, that wasn't clear. But Jaina brings up the point that there have in been, face, in fact. yeah, there have been other people like Grandpa Anakin and well, here's the list Mara. of the redeemed that she shoves down his throat, starting with you, Uncle Luke. <laughs> yes. Grandpa, Aunt Mara, Kip Durin, and then she ends the list there. But, you know, Tahiri. Carry on. So on and so forth. So many Force users have walked and fallen into the the dark side and been brought back. And all very powerful, influential light side users. He has a good retort, though, which is, yeah, none of them were raised that way, though. Yeah. With 5,000 years of history of raising that way. (laughs) That is a good point. So a bit of a distinction to be made, right? But then Jaina says maybe the best thing in this book so far, man. Gavel smash. Bam. Case closed. She says maybe if he believes she's redeemable, it's because she is. Boom. Bang. Goosebumps, dude. Yeah. Jaina. Jaina. Solo. In the book. Killing it. Speaking meaningful things to meaningful characters. Because how many people. Where has she been all this time? Said to Luke. Hey, Mara's no good. Of course, right? Yeah. It's it's the hypocrisy of every parent. It's I already learned this lesson, so you should listen to what I say because it's going to happen the same way it happened for me. Even though he's ignoring the success stories, right? <laughs> yeah. There are failures. There's Lumaya. There's Callista. There's what whatever long list of ex-girlfriends, to Zelda maybe, that he's abandoned along the way that stayed in the dark side. Vistara doesn't seem like she's going to be abandoned anytime soon. Jaina was, though, but here she is. Bang, boom, baby. Chapter 10. (laughs) Vistara runs down the history of the Sith for us. And allow me to share it for all of you. Please. (laughs) The term Sith actually refers to a species of red-skinned beings who were native to Korriban. She began. The Sith today are descendants of Jedi who chose to follow the dark side of the Force rather than the light side. There was a war in which the dark Jedi were exiled. 
They arrived on Korriban and, much like my own people with the Kashiri, were received almost as gods because of their ability to harness and direct the Force. They assumed the name Lords of the Sith, not because they were Sith, but because they were their masters. They figured out a way to mingle their DNA with that of the Sith natives, and gradually that species became extinct. I might, I myself might have some of that Sith DNA. That's cool. That is a cool recap from a cool perspective. How many times have we had an ancient history culture Sith tell us about the history of Sith over time? Yeah, she the even used some them. names that I that I hadn't heard before. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. all good. It's just a little history lesson Christy Golden's handing out here for the reader. Uh, as we head to Korriban, which Luke says definitely has no Sith on it anymore. It's abandoned. It's been abandoned for a very long time. So that's a nice history lesson. It's good to know all that information, but none of them are going to be here. By the way, how about that last little point that she said? I myself might have that Sith DNA. Yeah, it's an interesting little what tidbit. does that mean? Could you like isolate and extract that bit of DNA and resurrect this species of sentient people. Ooh. Cause they don't exist anymore. They're extinct or a special because connection. The Sith bred them out. That'll end up becoming something oh, that's later. Interesting. Yeah. She's got, you know, she doesn't have that special Skywalker blood, but she might have original native Sith blood DNA. Maybe the reason ship likes to connect to her so well or something. Maybe. I don't know. It's cool. Either way, that's another interesting little point. Could you make that easier? I don't know. Luke Skywalker continues to hold his old obstinate opinions, saying things like, there is no better or worse. There is only the dark side. <laughs> talking about trying to choose between, I don't know, what were they talking about? Would you do this? It was like a morality conundrum. Yeah. Would you steal bread to feed your starving family? There is no better. There is no worse. There is only the dark side. <laughs> but I thought only Sith deal in absolutes. Did you learn nothing <laughs> from Master Obi-Wan Kenobi? Just saying. Luke also continues to be wrong. As I said, telling everyone that Korriban is empty. Yes. No, sir. No, we have discussed that already. No, it is not. Alemarar didn't tell anybody that, though. That secret died with her and Lumaya. She might have told Lumaya. Oh, yeah, maybe. But who took her here? Did she bring ship here? Does ship know? Uh, yeah, I'm, how did she get there? I'm picturing her driving, driving, <laughs> arriving in a regular starfighter. Because remember, she, I do remember vividly, she showed up and she... Oh, she, she like, there was two mechanic guys at the, at the landing pad or whatever. And she like sucked their energy out of them or something. She did something bad to them. Alemarar messed them all up. But yeah, anyways, it's not empty. Nope. And even if you might think there might not be Sith here, Luke Skywalker still runs us through a long list of enemies in the area in case you need to catch them all for your trophy on. Some of these I would want to video game. There's a Tarenta Tech, which is the a gigantic radioactive rancor with razor sharp spines down his spines, spines and poisonous claws. And there's the Tukata. Yep. Sith hounds, dogs. 
Yeah. That apparently understands Sith language, according to... Uh, Jaina. Jaina, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shyrax, which are like Minox, but different inflection on the vowels. Yeah, deadly bats. Also, reptiles. Not distinguished. <laughs> just says <laughs> Luke just says reptiles. Something called raids. W-R-A-I-D-S. Uh, dark side dragons called hisses. Yes. <laughs> H-S-S-I-S-S. The onomatopoeic naming nomenclature. Hisses. Uh, very dangerous. Yeah. Even if there's no Sith home. Very dangerous place. Tell you what, it might not be negative 10 degrees like Nam Corios, but it's a dangerous place. Yeah, it's a desert with lots of dangerous things and who knows, maybe dangerous people. Although Luke, Luke doesn't know that. Here's the thing. Alemarar coming here is one thing by herself and her amount of power. But imagine being the one Sith and you're hiding for X number of years that they've been here building themselves. You might show yourself to the amount of power that Alemarar brings because you can dominate her. What happens when Luke, Ben, Jaina, and, you know, Vistara being maybe Darkseid? What happens when that amount of power shows up to Korriban and this hiding enclave of one Sith? Yeah, yeah they head what? to the fallout shelter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to Korriban and we go straight to the Valley of the Dark Lords with the dark side pulling at everyone down to the ground, it feels like. But Ben resolves not to let Vistara be taken by the dark. Yeah, Ben has some good description of how it feels like it's weighing him down like his cloak is soaking wet and mm-hmm. he just it's pressing in on him from all sides it's just oppressive yeah not to be too repetitive with you saying pressing yeah but triggered that word it got me it got me in there here's the thing that i noticed we made such a big deal at the end of the last book luke skywalker saying pick up rescue pickup for three jedi i picked up on this as well at the end of this chapter Three Jedi and one Sith land on Korriban. Mm-hmm. The inconsistency maybe of multiple authors. Yeah, could be, or it could... Because there's no way his opinion of Vistara swayed that much in this lack of events in between books, right? Yeah, or it was just to get them all off planet. It was to not raise suspicion and stuff, maybe. It was a leadership move. Yeah. Keep it secret. It, I, did, I did notice, and I didn't... I said, back to the separation between Jedi and Sith. That's my note. And that's it. Chapter 11. Galactic Senate Med Center, Coruscant. Where Admiral Nek Buatu is welcomed to consciousness by old Uncle Aramuth Buatu. Remember, Tahiri's losing lawyer. Who recaps everything that's happened. Who seems to actually have... Seems to think that it went exactly as he had planned. That's not the impression I got. Because I got, because he, when he's talking to oh, yeah. no, uh, Admiral. Right. Yeah, he did. Okay, good. Go he's ahead. got like, he gets a little like squinty eyed, like he's like smiling. He, he talks about how Tahiri immediately escaped prison and he gets like winky winky about it. Yeah. Which maybe that was like, maybe he just always knew worst case scenario. She's not going to be staying in prison. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, but very strange. Yeah. Or maybe he just knows more about the escape than he's letting on Mm -hmm. because of the, you know, very strange circumstances of real Boba Fett pretending to be fake Boba Fett breaking chief of state Dalla out of maximum security prison and accidentally also rescuing Tahiri Vela 
fallen Jedi at yeah. the same time. Or Aramuth is more shady and underhanded. And he, <laughs> he said it all. He up. hired Boba Fett knowing Tahiri would follow behind. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. Anyways, Aramuth recaps everything that Neck has been missing since he got attacked by two non-Jedi and put in this lightsaber coma. The Mahdi Vant thing with the Mandos and Dalla and the prison break and the fake fat, the whole spiel. And then Admiral Boatu tells everyone, Dorvin included when he hops on a hollow call, about being attacked by the two not Jedi. And it all comes down to that thought he had before he blacked out of, why am I alive? Mm-hmm. If I was being attacked by two Jedi, if I was being assassinated by two Jedi, I'm not alive. Yeah. So there's no way it was Jedi. And they can't, the one guy's gone. And they can't identify right. the other one in yeah, any way. Yeah, there was a dead body with all of its identifying things removed. Yep. Whatever. Teeth filed down, fingerprints lasered off, whatever space science fiction shit you do <laughs> to make a body unrecognizable if you're uh, Moff Leckerson and Senator Train. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, the other guy know. got away. Yeah, as we know, right? Because they're for sure behind that. Yeah. With... If you think about it too, if, if the whole thing, if the whole freedom flight thing was Leckerson's idea and then he finds out Admiral Buatu is involved, that gives him a very nice direct path to setting that guy up for an attack, right? Mm-hmm. It, it gives him tracking of that, of Admiral Buatu's time and space where he Yeah, is. coming and goings and what. So we know that. But everybody here vows to keep this whole Buatu waking up with a memory thing a secret. Yeah. The doctors think he's unresponsive still. He's awake, but he doesn't know who he is. Yeah, he he pretends to to like be confused. Yeah. And when Dorvin at one point's like, we should bring in a Jedi to just keep you safe. And then Boatu's like, Yeah, don't think I can trick a Jedi though. Yeah. Because <laughs> they will be honor bound to tell their master. And they're like, about Oh it. yeah, okay, good idea. Right. Yeah. And we cut to Padnell Ovin, our Klatuinian senator. Yeah. <laughs> A big oaf warrior in a fancy restaurant with Han and Leia Solo. <laughs> Dorvin's boring. <laughs> That's Pat Malone's big complaint. Yeah. The man's monotone. And then Leia thinks to herself about how he saved Raynar Thola on the steps of the Jedi Temple at lunchtime. And then they name drop Cameron Soldar because don't forget that that guy's supposed to be manipulated <laughs> by the behind the scenes bad guys. We're getting that in the same chapter for a reason, right? The attack on Buatu led by our secret uh, cohesive unit of costumed bad guys. Mm-hmm. And this Cameron Soldar senator about to be manipulated and taken advantage of by our hidden backseat group of bad guys. You keep saying the the costumed. <laughs> and, one and, time. And, and <laughs> I just, so good. I pick, I'm just putting together that if the writing is this way, that the costumes are, them is it like a what's it called hiding in plain hiding sight? yeah they're they're working with the good guys kind of yeah right it's a, it's a it's a i say the word reflection a lot it's an expression yes of their subterfuge yeah whoa <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> but yeah it is like that's a good writing technique right it, write your shady bad guys doing um inane shady things like have them have their meeting in very reprehensible, offensive costumes. <laughs> yeah, you know, to belay the point or to to further not belay to to further make the point that they are also costumed personalities in their daytime life. Yeah, ironically enough, 
in the bad guy castle with all the costumes on, you're not pretending to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right? You're being your genuine self. You're right. That's a good point, man. Yeah, I like that. But we talk about all this in the same chapter because it's all about them. Yes. Chapter 12. Corban. The place feels bad to everyone. Christy does more callbacks. Mentions Nam Corios. Vistara mentioned the Drox before. Even talked about Jason. We talked about Ben's GAG training. When Luke's looking at him, he's keeping a straight face while they're questioning Vistara. She drops all these bits of information to remind us how these characters built themselves to this point. Yeah. Like she does, she's the one who does it the best. And maybe that's this being now her third star Wars book, you know, being her first foray into the world of star Wars. Maybe it's even self help. Yeah. Right? She's it, reminding herself at the same time. Exactly. But it's, it does so much to tie the characters back to their history. Yeah. Which not just to pick on the Aaron Alston books again, but man, we don't... Uh. Yeah. That very first book of this series where Ben laughed at aliens at an airport, I could have fucking puked. <laughs> yep, yep. That was so dumb. Yeah, we talked about that for a bit. I'm going to talk about it forever. Anyways, Corban feels bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> to make my point a little more, I forgot this. The other reason why I like Christy doing all these callbacks is because you... If you don't give people this information, they might not have it. Mm-hmm. You might not know Jaina Solo had some sort of tragic in- interaction with her twin brother, Jason. You might not know that Jason used to love animals. You might not know that Ben Skywalker was a military man for a minute with the secret government police. Yeah. You might not know these things because maybe you haven't read 40 of these books. Yeah, if this is the first You're probably you're regular people. <laughs> Yeah, not us that have read it enough time, love them enough time, that we decided we'd talk about them, too. And we don't even remember anything. No. But seriously, I love that extra depth. Anyways, into the Citadel at Corban in the Valley of the Dark Lords. Into the Citadel, which has a giant metal gate that we can't lift up with the Force, even though we should be able to. Yeah. It's probably just got a dark side doorbell. Yeah, it's a dark side lock. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, they cut their way through. Because <laughs> apparently, because apparently the Sith don't have their own lightsabers to figure out. <laughs> we should have a lightsaber-proof door. Yeah. <laughs> if there were whatever Sith there used to be here on Corban that built the Citadel, they weren't too worried about that apparently. But hey, here we are in this courtyard of balconies as they step into the main room of the Citadel, which we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And Ben even says when he looks up into the balconies, it's not hard to imagine them full of shadowed cloaked figures, shadowy cloaked figures. Yeah. He, that comes to his uh, imagination, but it's not imagination. They might not be there actively right now, although they could be hiding their presence in the force in this massive suffusion of dark side energy. That yeah. is this planet. It would be easier, it would be to, easier do. to diminish and hide, but he said that line, and I was like, man, that's exactly what happened to Lemurar when she went there. I think it was her. It could have been Lumaya, but I'm pretty sure it was her. And now it was a Lemma for sure. But hey, no one's home. Wink. <laughs> we cut to Jedi tomb raiding ancient Sith, finding nothing until they set off the Sith hound alarm. Must have been a whistle or something. They're like, 
there's nothing here in the Citadel. And they start going from tomb to tomb to tomb to tomb. Maybe you can't open this one. Oh, someone's already been here in this one. Oh, this one's empty. Yeah. This one's empty. There oh, was, this one's empty. There was one They're that like was Egyptian locked. tomb diving, dude. There's one that was locked. Very interesting. Isn't and it? Luke's like, nah, I there's no one back there. Let's just leave it. Yeah. Yeah, because he's always right. Yeah, it, they're back there, man. Because he's always right. That's where they are. But he's always. <laughs> I I don't know. They don't find anything till they find a pack of dogs. Mm-hmm. And then the dogs come charging at him. Certain death, Ben thinks. He gets his lightsaber up and he thinks, I'm going to kill as many of them as I can before they take me. But Vistara, Cesar Milan Kai, charges <laughs> them with some dog whispering of her own. In the ancient Sith language, she commands them and asks them questions. And they whimper, and then they dance, and then they run. I thought you were going to try and read some of that Sith language. No. (laughs) No, this is a whole lot of consonants where they shouldn't be. Yeah, it's just mess. But she controls this pack of wild, ancient, evil dogs. How how old can the dogs be? I guess they they just breed new generations all the time, right? Yeah, they're they're dogs. (laughs) Why am I thinking that? Thousand-year-old dogs. (laughs) (laughs) the star has got a pretty powerful presence you know she must uh, she must have because everyone was gonna die yeah and she just stepped up and went nine yep you know giving giving commands in the old language and they're all like yeah it had to decide ear flops (laughs) it took some effort and it took and she was afraid for her life because after she's done she's like shaky like her arms her hands are shaking and but she says the dogs told her that there are no sith here which is interesting luke is skeptical of her total honesty yep but nonetheless he declares korban a dead end and we won't be finding abeloth here or the Lost Tribe. Yeah. And we cut to no luck for the other Jedi teams that are apparently searching the galaxy for Abeloth and yeah, these other Sith. Four or five sites. teams. Yeah, we didn't or mention that was going to be happening when we went over all the options of places to go. Mm hmm. That's fine. It's happening. Of course it is. It should have been all this time. Yep. <laughs> Shouldn't have been Luke Skywalker and Ben and a Sith against all of this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. For the most part, he wasn't allowed to be in contact with them. Yeah. He was, but... Yeah. So, I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> case dismissed. Anyways, no luck for any of them finding Abeloth. And also, Luke, uh, just one more time, reminds us he doesn't trust Vistara. And then we cut to Vistara reflecting on how untrustworthy she is. Thinking about oh, how the dark side feels different from the light side. Never noticed it before. But the dark side has like this icy coldness to it when you take control of it. Yeah, it's channel it through. She's yourself. seeing it from more of a light side perspective Having now. Spent time with these people and all their warmth and happiness and goodness. Yeah. Now the dark side feels cold. Yeah, which is an interesting manifestation of her personality shift, her intention change. You know? Yeah, her moving into the light side as Ben has said claimed expected yeah as he thinks all of those things (laughs) listen sometimes if i can't think of the right word i'll put three options out there (laughs) you multiple choice for me she thinks about how the light side is different from the dark side and she tells us that she gave the dogs a secret order Mm -hmm. she does confirm that the dogs said there are no sith there 
But then she gives him an order to tell any Sith that may show up to stay hidden. Yeah. What's she up to? She's struggling with where she's going and her loyalty to her past, I think. The inevitability of changing sides, getting all of her people killed. Yeah. That's the conclusion that's unavoidable here. Yeah. She's switching. She's slowly switching sides, but still wants to protect her family in general. I don't even know if she's switching sides as much as she's just becoming like disenfranchised with evilness. Yeah. Like, why did I have to try to kill my pet to be a, yeah, that's to be an apprentice. <laughs> that was crazy. Why, why are we, why are we so mean? <laughs> you know, why does this dark side feel so cold? But what is she doing? Damn it, child. Get in the light. Yeah. Pick a side. Get your ass in the light. <laughs> Shit. Tell any Sith to stay hidden. Ben thinks she's redeemable. But she keeps taking these steps forward and backward. A lot of turning in one place. Yeah. Can she do it? Can she prove Luke wrong? Can she prove Ben right? And where's Abeloth? Hmm. Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 8, Ascension. Chapters 13 through 16. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Where are the one Sith? Hiding in the dark. Woo! Betsy. <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.